Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Your app data is gold. It's how you acquire and convert users, and some companies are understandably skittish about sharing their data with ad tech giants turned gaming publishers and potential competitors in the marketplace. So what is the trade-off and where do you need more transparency? Well, we talk candidly about the blind spots and the black boxes you need to know with Andy Ullery, who has been on the publisher and ad tech side of the equation. It's hard truth with some surprising twists. So stay tuned for this and more in episode number 435. Welcome to Mobile Presence, your destination for everything mobile. I'm your host as always, Peggy Unsaltz, mobile analyst, tech consultant, senior Forbes writer, and founder of Mobile Groove. And today, my guest is Andy Ullery. He is co-founder at Equus. And I'm just going to launch into it because we are in a situation where we have a very vibrant, perhaps tumultuous landscape. We've just seen iOS 14.5 drop. IDFA is real. Andy, it's one thing every day, it seems. Do you have the feeling that you are in the middle of just this whirlwind of stuff happening? Yeah, we definitely do. I think we, we started the business just under a year ago now. And I think my co-founder, Dilpesh Parmar, and I feel like, yeah, we're definitely right in the middle. And then what we've built is, is going to be interesting to see what happens given all the consolidation. Yeah, it's consolidation. We'll talk about some of those moves. You're in the industry from both sides, once publisher, now in ad tech. I'll start off, though, with your venture, Equus. I'm interested because I'm intrigued. It means fair. It means equal. And in, in a landscape where we are currently, where things are just a bit mixed and confusing, talking about certain acquisitions we'll get to in a moment, what are you trying to tell us here, equal or fair? Yeah, so it's pretty straightforward. My partner and I are building and have, we're just launching now, a neutral and transparent mediation and bidding platform. So mm-hmm. we're taking on the big boys. We're taking on Mopub and Iron Source and Max to a lesser extent in the gaming space, uh, AdMob. And it's three simple pillars. Like I said, it's transparency, it's neutrality, 
and, and fairness. So what that means for us is we are never going to have our own demand. We are a technology only platform built for the publishers that we work for. It's a SaaS based model. So it takes away the revenue splits, the blind revenue splits, I should say that the, our competitors take from their publishers in, in what they call a freemium model. And from a neutrality standpoint, because we're not going to have any of our own demand and we're certainly never going to publish games or buy any big attribution companies, we want to give our publishers the ability to work with whatever demand partners they want, have the, the, the transparency of seeing all of the reporting that they should see mm -hmm. from a technology platform. And on the other side, the same for demand. Right. We, we talk to a lot of demand partners and most of them work within black boxes inside of um, our competitors. And as a result, they feel like they don't uh, succeed as much as they maybe could against the guys that are actually controlling and bidding into the same environment. Let's really unpack that. Let's spell it out for the audience. Black box has always been a concern. Transparency has always been a focus, but some things have been happening that make that even more so. Maybe you can walk me through what you're hearing make transparency much more important now than before. It just seems that there's a lot that has elevated the importance of the transparency issue because you need to know that the company you're working with is not potentially working with, say, for example, another publisher or has those interests? I think I want to say our competitors, particularly App11 and IronSource, have made some really shrewd moves. And, and you can see that in the IPO for App11 and the soon to IPO for IronSource. And they've built mm -hmm. a really amazing ecosystem. But when you talk about big gaming publishers in particular, that's not necessarily such a selling point for them anymore. They're very concerned with giving away all the data on their users. And obviously they've been giving that data away to IronSource and App11 in particular for years. And there's no one can prove one way or the other, but I know for sure there's definitely suspicion from the likes of other multi-billion dollar gaming companies of what are you doing with my data? Uh, and then mm -hmm. you buy Adjust, then you buy Stumla, and you get these other analytics companies that have even more data on uh, what these guys have been doing with user acquisition. And, and, and as ATT launches, this is obviously becoming just even more and more glaring because you can't use um, IDFA to find out where the user is, what, what games are downloading, that kind of thing. Yeah, we've been talking to pretty much all the top kind of 100, 200 type publishers, and, and most of them are, are concerned. It doesn't mean every one of them is going to switch to a different mediation. It doesn't mean every one of them is going to remove those guys, but a lot of them are very motivated to either, as Zynga just did with Boost acquisition, are either motivated to build their own tech or find something mm -hmm. else uh, that allows them to feel comfortable that there is transparency and that they don't have to worry about what's happening to my data with an alpha enemy, a competitor, but also a, a partner. But spell it out. When you say what's happening to my data, when I was talking at conferences in the earlier days of this consolidation, it was like, I am teaching other AI, I'm teaching other systems to go after my users. And the, these guys have had years and years of, of data. They're very good at what they do. That's, that's why they've made billions of dollars on other people's user acquisition campaigns. And so now you're getting the bigger guys saying, geez, if I'm handing over kind of this gold, I, and now that I can't go and use my sniper rifle with these guys to go find that specific user anymore on Apple, at least, and then potentially soon to follow Google at some point, then how, why would I want to give that data over to my to my competitor? Because now Supersonic Games is publishing games and hitting you know the top of the charts almost every release, and Apple Oven has 
games now, not just across hyper casual, but Apple Oven has their hands in a lot of cookie jars in terms of casual and things. So that suddenly spans a lot more gaming publishers who maybe a year or two ago said, I'm not a hyper casual publisher. So that's okay that they have Lime Studios or I'm not a hyper casual mm-hmm. studio. So that's okay that Iron's a supersonic. But as we can see with the market, most people aren't just going to stick with hyper casual. That's a very low margin business. It makes a lot of, gets a lot of users, but it's a very competitive space versus getting somebody with a really quality casual game where somebody goes back and forth like a Scrabble or something where you play that every day or words with friends or something like that. I talked about it at the top. We all know it. IDFA, it dropped, it's real. What are you perhaps seeing or hearing or even experiencing just in the early days? Because we're still all trying to get our head around what the real impact is. You're looking at it from the inside, telling us here outside so what is it? What are you seeing? So it's interesting. We, we run a closed door networking event every month. We had one last week. And what was really apparent was that there's about 30 monetization leads across a, a bunch of different types of publishers. And pretty much all of them said, too soon to tell. Mm-hmm. That there was the uptake of the updates for, the, for users just wasn't that high yet. Now I'm starting to see a bunch of posts being put up by AppsFlyer and some of the attribution companies about what the number is. And it certainly seems to be hovering around 30, 35% of users are allowing ad tracking. So I think it's, it's a little too soon to tell. Some people are concerned. The Facebook question is the big one, right? People are, mm. are not sure what's going to happen with the audience network. And so there's people across a number of Slack channels that lots of industry people are on asking like, hey, has anyone seen a drop? What are you seeing with Facebook? Because obviously there was a, a luxury that you have with Facebook that they could really prop up your ad stack, your ad revenue. As they made clear over and over again, they're concerned about the viability of, of, of audience network without being able to track users the way they have been before. Too soon to tell is a frustrating thing, but I think within the next couple of weeks and, and into this month, we're going to get a lot more information and people are sharing. That's what's really interesting, right? People are sharing with each other. They just want to know what's happening because they yes. want to know if what's happening to them is happening to other people in terms of revenue and, and what's going to, what the users are doing, especially. So spell it out again for the audience. Why is it a problem when audience network doesn't work the way it has? So there, there's sort of two pieces to it. And I'll start with the ad revenue side because that's where I sit. First is that Facebook has traditionally been able to provide super high CPMs. And this has actually been pushed a lot of the other demand networks, the the user acquisition networks, performance networks, to also match those numbers. So you're talking about sometimes $100 plus CPMs, which if you know anything about CPMs, the brand space, that's just unheard of. So these app publishers have more or less been able to just sit back and let the demand partners drive CPMs up for them. They don't have to provide anything. They don't have to provide any data. The, the, the demand network themselves are the ones who create the, the user graphs. And whether that's an internal one or they share them all through this IDFA and, and Google IDs. So that's one piece, right? So that immediately people are like, oh boy, this is going to be not going to be good for us because those $100 CPMs theoretically will go away because you're not able to just go target. If Andy downloads a shooter game. I may not know Andy's name, but I can go follow him and find him again with my shooter game or something similar and just mm-hmm. laser target it. So you have that piece. Then there's the other side for user acquisition, which allows, which Facebook, obviously you can go across pretty much everywhere on the net, right? Everybody who unknowingly said yes to Facebook's tracking means that you as the user acquisition person can go and find that person pretty much anywhere you want. And that allows you to be really efficient with your spend because maybe you find it on a a much smaller game that wouldn't cost as much as if you did it on say words with friends or something like that, right? Where the audience is probably more expensive. 
Andy, that's seismic shifts in that side of the business, but we do have to go to break. And I think when we come back, we're going to talk about another shift, which is the interest in getting brands involved, what do publishers need to be doing, and what role will you be playing when you're out of beta? So don't go away, listeners. We'll be right back. Mobile Presence, sponsored by CleverTap, a leading engagement and retention platform, will be back after this message. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one -on -one training a weekly podcast for you or your company, distribution to almost every podcast portal, an embeddable player for your website, an ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts, and much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Welcome back to Mobile Presence on wmr.fm. Here is your host, Peggy Ann Sauls. Welcome back to Mobile Presence. We have today Andy Ullery. He is co-founder at Equus. And Equus is in beta right now. Andy, what can you tell me about... I know what you say you're doing, but I also know that your background, you and your co-founder, you've seen it from both sides. How's that reflected in your company? Yeah, so Dilpesh and I worked together at a smaller mobile ad network called IQZone for a few years. Prior to that, Dilpesh was at Outfit7 for a number of years, helping build mm. their mediation stack, their monetization stack, and their ads team. I've been on more or less the, the demand side most of my career, <clears throat> dating 15 plus years ago. And all of it has been dealing directly with publishers. So I've always been on the kind of publisher development side. I have worked within Trade Desk and DSP and brand sales as well with some time at Yahoo. So Dilpesh and I bring this really unique mixture of personalities, but also perspectives and experience that we molded together while we're at IQ Zone. I talked about brands at the top and we're seeing that really explode. I was on a pocket gamer doing the growth stack, actually the growth track rather. And everyone was talking about how do I get brands involved? What do I need to do? Because we know brands want to get into games. We know they want to get into entertainment apps, period. You're in beta, obviously, but you have a feel for what's going to be important for publishers to be attractive partners for brands. What might that checklist be. Yeah. Yeah. This is really kind of hits straight home with me because that's been most of my career. I actually started selling mini clip online back in 2000, I think eight, it was mm -hmm. directly to brands. So the Nestle and Nickelodeon, and we were doing ad for games and all that kind of stuff. And it's shocking to me that I can't even, I can't even understate that we're having the same conversations right now about in-app gaming 
as we did in 2008 with brands about online gaming. And it's, I don't know if I want my brand in front of these guys. What, what are they doing? I don't really get it. And the company I worked for way back then actually spent quite a bit of money on um, research around what attention is really like the value of attention and the value of is somebody who's reading a New York Times article or watching a ESPN video, are they more engaged or less engaged than somebody who's playing a game? And I think it's fairly obvious that you're less engaged when you're just trying to get through an article or something like that. So you're more frustrated mm-hmm. seeing brand ads versus on a game, people are having a rewarded video where they go directly to a page. They know they're going to see an ad. They're happy to see an ad and they much prefer to see a brand ad. And then they get rewarded for it. You as a brand are getting 100% view through. You're getting engagement. The click rates are so high that brands don't even think that they're real. And they are real because a user is playing a game and then is ready to go somewhere else after they finish that game. So it's a really interesting time because with the drop of IDFA, brands have traditionally not been very comfortable going into games because of IDFA. And they're not comfortable with that again, that sniper rifle um, analogy. And so they've stayed away a little bit, which does seem crazy considering the volume of users and stuff that are in gaming. But I definitely think that's going to be a pretty big shift. We at Equus, one of our value props is that we're going to allow the publisher to work with whomever they want. And that means they can directly connect with the DSPs, they can directly connect with the index exchanges, the Rubicon projects or Magnite, the OpenXs directly so that those brands have a direct line into that game. Right now, there's a, there's usually one, two, three, sometimes five hops in between, which is another reason why brands typically can't compete in gaming because they're getting so many cuts, a death by a thousand cuts analogy. They're getting so mm-hmm. many cuts of their CPM taken out by the SSPs, by the DSPs, by the whoever else is in the middle, that once that CPM gets to the brand or to the app itself, it might've been 30, 40, 50%, or sometimes way more than that cut. So that $30 CPM that the brand spends on maybe a New York Times or an ESPN, we believe that needs to go straight to the publisher. And if you know anything about the trade desk, that's exactly the mantra they stand on. They've started the supply chain optimization route, and, and we believe that's the most important piece from a brand perspective. And the second then is, yeah, you suggested the audiences. How do you get the audiences in front of those brands in a way that they're comfortable buying? People in the audience would ask themselves, first of all, fantastic if I have direct contact and there's fewer middlemen, but then what is it for Equus? You're enabling this, you're cutting out the middlemen, What's the business model for you? We are a SaaS-based model. So it, mm-hmm. it, the publisher is us on a very transparent, just simple request model. So the more mm-hmm. requests you have, the more you pay us. We've done plenty of modeling that we're, we're going to be significantly cheaper than our competitors. But from the perspective of how can we help our publishers, I think the hardest part with brands is you could go set up a PMP deal within one of the marketplaces and then nothing will happen. And that's been one of the hardest parts for gaming in particular to get a a foothold because if those marketplaces aren't helping sell your brand, your gaming brand into those advertisers, it can be very hard to drive consistent revenue from maybe the same brand or the same DSP all the time. So we're certainly looking into, could we do some account management kind of experiences? We have really good relationships with a lot of those marketplaces and want to work with the ones that really do help push those things with PMPs. They have teams on their side that are talking to their DSPs and buyers to help open up those types of audiences. So it's really something that I was writing about actually quite a while back. Publishers, games publishers can come with their data. They don't have to be the major companies with the major audiences, because if the marketplace will allow multiples of that, then you you put it all together and you're going to have data and you're going to have audience and you're going to have reach and you're going to have what brands are looking for, correct? And and the, the, the frustrating part about 
about brand advertising, which has been from pretty much the inception of the internet is when something gets uptake by everybody. So let's talk about double verify and moat and all those things. Those mm-hmm. were traditionally a desktop uh, function, right? Now they've right. moved over into app. And so the brands expect to have the same checkboxes filled as they would on other platforms. You have opportunities to get into this brands, but if, if your video isn't coming in with viewability and not metrics and all that kind of stuff, they'll usually pass on that. So part of what, what B's done is they released an SDK a while back called the Open Measurement SDK. What that means is you as the game slash the mediation player can put that into all of the games. And that allows all those brand advertisers who use Moat, who use Double Verify, who use IAS, they get all those metrics sent through without you as the brand, as, sorry, as the game or as the mediation having to pay those subscriptions. So that allows you to check those boxes without you having to do anything, which mm-hmm. is brilliant. It's super, super helpful. So you're in beta. A lot of different genres could get in on this. Is it open to all or relevant to all? Or are there certain companies that you're going to be looking to work with sooner than later? If you have an ad monetization uh, strategy, then you, you need mediation. And we believe that providing you with a functional product that's super easy to use, super easy to set up your apps and set up all your placements. That's one piece of it. And the other piece, again, is that transparency and that neutrality. So I'm not going to say we're going to be for everybody. If you're a really small Mm -hmm. gaming publisher right now, there are amazing products and features that come with working with online source, working with an app club and working with a mobile But if you're a bigger guy, and that's pretty much who we're targeting a lot of the big, bigger publishers, you have a much bigger monetization team. Usually you would certainly have more flexibility to say, I don't like working with somebody who's my competitor, so I'm going to pull out of that. So yeah, in the short term, we're looking probably more at the bigger guys. We would not say no to anybody because our platform works for every type of, and it doesn't have to be a gaming publisher really either, but that's pretty much our, our, our core focus right now is gaming. When are you out of beta, Andy? I'm just curious. Uh, so we're just waiting for our, we've got three pretty well-known publishers that are ready to test. Obviously, mm-hmm. ATT delayed us by probably three or four weeks because people were just waiting for that to drop. Right. So the SDKs are out to them and we're just waiting for them to integrate. And then it's just a matter of ensuring the stability that we've built and we can push on from there. Could you give me a little bit of a look at what you're expecting next? You probably didn't expect Chart Boost and Zynga. I didn't. What might be coming next, do you think? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of us who, who know those businesses were a bit surprised. It just felt like, I think we all are now, as we, we kind of friends and colleagues have talked about it, we can understand where that's coming from. But at first it was like, whoa, if they're trying to buy an ad stack, that seems like a lot of money, but there's obviously quite a bit of revenue coming coming with that. I think now we, we talk all the time about this. We talk to our, our advisors about this who are all in the space. And I think we're all seeing the same thing. It's, is there going to be more shoes dropping with big publishers buying some of the stuff that's left, but now there's not a lot of ad networks left, that's for sure. But you've mm-hmm. got Bungle out there that's obviously backed by a, a, a multi-billion dollar fund, and they certainly have been making waves with acquisitions. They've got yeah. a few of the Chinese companies out there. It's a great question, and it's exciting time to, to, to talk about it. But then, as you said, you get shocked by one, right? Even the digital turbine acquisitions, those are pretty, pretty... Yeah unexpected. Absolutely. It's just a land grab for really mm-hmm. accurate sources of hopefully unduplicated data and unduplicated reach. And I think that there's a, so the, the, the in-app space has still been a wild west when it comes to these kind of rogue SSPs, if you will. I don't want to disparage anybody, but yeah. the, the guys that are bidding in between, right? They're, they're the day traders for lack of a better word that happened. It happened in desktop. It happened in mobile web. And most of those got pushed out and there are some really good ones, but there are a lot of guys out there that don't really have any relationships on either side on demand or on publisher side. 
I think those are going to get pushed out pretty quickly because there's just not a lot of space for them left. The consolidation is pushing people. The, the, the lack of tracking and all that stuff is going to make it very hard for them to make, to make money for the publishers that use them or for the demand. Yeah, you either have it, literally, or you don't. It has been great talking to you, Andy. I really enjoyed this. And in particular, I love the fact that it's the way you see it. And from your vantage point, that's really valuable because it's an inside track. So I appreciate your, well, candid discussion, Andy, I would say. Yeah, likewise. It was very fun. Thanks, Peggy. And if people want to keep up with you, I might want to say, hey, Andy, I've got a name here. <laughs> Where does it show up on your radar? Or any other reason that they might want to connect with you? How is the best way? Uh, yeah, you can reach me directly. I'm obviously on LinkedIn and everything, but it's just Andy, A-N-D-Y at Equus. A-E-Q-U-S dot Mobi, M-O-B-I. Our website is just about to be launched properly. There's also a sales funnel there too. Okay. And uh, yeah, we'll have all that in the show notes. So thanks so much for joining me today. And of course, if you want to keep up with me throughout the week or find out more about how you can be a guest or sponsor on Mobile Presence, then you can email me, Peggy. Peggy at mobilegroove.com is where you can find my portfolio of content marketing and app marketing services. And of course, you can check out this in all earlier episodes of our show by going to WMR.FM, or you can find our shows on Amazon, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, simply by searching Mobile Presence. So until next time, remember, every minute is mobile, so make every minute count. Keep well, stay safe, and we'll see you soon. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.